The message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. The one who can kill, the one who can make a life, we worship you. We thank you for the privilege of being your children, for the privilege of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, for the privilege of operating in your anointing. Father, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. As your word will go forth today, I ask that the anointing upon every one of your children will be renewed and the anointing will begin to overflow. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we'll continue with our series on going higher. Now we'll move on to part 59. And our text will remain same as that of last week. First King chapter 19, from verse 15 to 17. First Kings 19, from verse 15 to 17. And the Lord said unto him, unto Elijah, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Meholah, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escaped the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Last week we began discussing this passage and we spent time discussing the anointing. That anointing can be in degrees and uh, one of the anointing we mentioned happens to be the anointing for fullness. One of the anointing that I enjoy so much because uh, my wife and I, we love children. And if things had been easy for us, we probably, I mean, when we were younger, we probably would have had a dozen children but uh, we couldn't have a dozen. And so God has been gracious to us in making anointing for fruitfulness available to us so that every convention, thousands upon thousands of members come forth with their children, those who are considered barren, come forth bringing their children to be prayed for. The barren then come, and we pray for them, and the following year they come rejoicing with their children also. That 
part of the convention, as far as I'm concerned, was the highlight for me when I see all those children coming, flowing in like a river. And as many of you as are interested in that kind of anointing, receive it in Jesus' name. But then we ended by saying that anointing can overflow. We want to talk about overflowing anointing and to continue from there, from where we stopped last week. You see, when a baby girl is born, there is a potential in her to become a mother. And the baby is born, and they say, male or female, and they say, hey, say female. Ah, that means a potential mother is born. And everything she needed to become a mother is in her. Now, as she grows, her breast also will begin to grow. To grow in preparation for a day when milk will flow through the breast into another baby. I decree in the name that's above every other name that those of you who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb, my God will answer your prayers. As you grow higher, you get to a stage where you are to overflow. In Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to 3, Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 3, in the blessings that God pronounced on Abraham, the seven blessings, the one that was central, the number four blessing, is that not only will you be blessed, you will be a blessing. Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 3. The plan of the Almighty God is for you to be anointed and for your anointing to overflow. Ah. I'm believing God for every one of you listening to me in the mighty name of the God who sent me very soon. You will be overflowing. Now when we talk about overflowing, Let's, let's, let's take it stage by stage. Let's take material overflowing. Material overflowing. When you read Genesis chapter 13 from verse 1 to 6, Genesis 13 from verse 1 to 6, the Bible tells us that Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, gold, and then he went on to say, and Lot also 
which went with him had flocks and hers, etc., etc. Abraham was blessed. The lot that he took with him, his relation that went with him, was blessed by the overflowing of the blessings of Abraham. In the case of Abraham, his blessings became generational, just kept on flowing, flowing, overflowing to his son, overflowing to the grandson, and on and on. I mean, you know this already, Genesis chapter 24, from verse 34 to 35, Genesis 24, 34 to 35, tells us Abraham was great. Genesis 26, from verse 12 to 14, Genesis 26, from verse 12 to 14, Isaac was very great. As a matter of fact, in the case of Isaac, the Bible said he had a store of servants. <laughs> he was storing servants as you store goods. But by the time you get to Genesis chapter 30, Genesis 30 from verse 40 to 43, you discover that Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, was exceeding great. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1, 2, 11, and 12. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1, 2, 11, and 12. That if you will listen, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all that he commands you, a day will come when you begin to lend to nations. You can overflow materially to such an extent that nations will be coming to you for material help. I pray for all of you who will listen, who will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, who will obey him in details, regardless for what anybody may be saying. Sooner than later, materially, you will overflow. And then it is possible to overflow in skill. For example, in Psalm 18, verse 34, Psalm 18, verse 34, the Bible tells us that David said, God taught my hand to war. I learned how to fight from God. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, from verse 1 to 2, 1 Samuel chapter 22, from verse 1 to 2, some vagabonds gathered themselves together to David in the cave of Adullam 
And the Bible says he became captain over them. He taught them to walk. The result in 2 Samuel chapter 23 from verse 8 to 39, 2 Samuel chapter 23 from verse 8 to 39, he turned these vagabonds to mighty men of war, mighty men of valor. Among these people who used to be, shall we call them, area boys, was one fellow in particular called Adino the Esnight. He became so mighty in warfare. The Bible said he killed 800 men in one day. You can overflow in skill. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 from verse 1 to 10, 1 Samuel chapter 3 from verse 1 to 10, it was Eli who taught Samuel how to respond when you hear God call it. First time God, Samuel God, 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 I mean, had God call it. He thought it was Eli speaking. This small boy couldn't differentiate between the voice of man and the voice of God. Second time, he ran back to Eli. Third time, ah, then Eli said, ah, it's not me calling you, it's God. Next time he calls, tell him, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I've seen people who taught people how to play instruments. And the, the student they taught became greater than themselves. I've seen people who have taught others how to preach, and they produce a preacher greater than themselves. You can overflow his skill. And then, let's move on to something more spiritual. In Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, the Bible says, Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hand on him. Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Moses flowed, overflowed into Joshua. You want to know how anointed spiritually Moses was? <laughs> Just ask yourself, how did he know what happened in the beginning? You know, he's the one who wrote Genesis. He wasn't around. How did he know what happened day by day? The first day, the second day, the third day. Etc. Etc. That man laid his hand on Joshua, overflowed into him. And you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it was Joshua who took the nation of Israel to the promised land. The fellow you overflowed into might even exceed your expectations. 
In Numbers chapter 11, from verse 16 to 17, Numbers 11, 16 to 17, when Moses said to God, the burden is too big for me, God said, no problem, get me 70 elders, and we'll get you to overflow to them. Moses overflowed to 70 elders. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, Samuel overflowed to Saul. He poured oil on him, on him and uh, a farmer's boy became a king. The same Samuel overflowed to David. 1 Samuel 16, from verse 11 to 13. 1 Samuel 16, 11 to 13. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, from verse 1 to 6, Acts of the Apostles 6, from verse 1 to 6, the apostles overflowed to the deacons. When the, the first set of deacons were being uh, uh, consecrated, or ordained, it was the apostles that laid hands on them. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul said to Timothy, Stir up the Spirit of God that is in you by delaying hand, by delaying hand of, of you upon you by me. I overflowed into you. There's something in you, son. Stir it up. And so as many of you that had had the privilege of being ordained in the redeemed Church of God, those of you that by the grace of God we have laid hands on, there's something in you that you need to wake it up, stir it up. You're not empty. And then you can overflow in doctrine. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, everything you've learned from me, pass it on. Pass it on to faithful men. Oh, then pass it on to others also. You can flow, overflow in doctrine. Now, Let's take a deeper step. How does anointing overflow? Anointing uh, could be called heavenly electricity. And anointing behaves like heat. Um, I was trying to teach you a, a little bit of physics. And so heat can be transferred from one point to another three ways. Just like electricity. The first way anointing can therefore move from the anointer 
through the anointed is one by a process called conduction, if we are using scientific term. It simply means by direct contact, direct contact. In Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 45, Mark 1, 40 to 45, when a leper came to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, hey, I know you can make me clean, Jesus touched him. And the anointing to kill, kill the leprosy, and the man was cleansed. In John chapter 9, and, and I, I think this is a very beautiful one, John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7, when there was a man who was born blind, the Bible said Jesus spat on the ground and made some mud out of it. That's John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7. And anointed his eyes with mud. The mud, putting the mud on his eyes, the Bible calls it anointing his eyes. And then of course, you know the rest of the story. It wasn't long after that that the man began to say, I was blind, now I see. So anointing can be transferred by direct contact. Hands laid on you. Anointing can be transferred the second way called convection. In other words, anointing can be transferred into a material, and then the material can now come to you carrying the anointing. For example, In 2 Kings chapter 2, from verse 9 to 15, 2 Kings chapter 2, from verse 9 to 15, Elisha, God, the anointing of Elijah, when he grabbed the mantle that fell from him. In Acts chapter 19, from verse 11 to 12, Acts 19 from verse 11 to 12, the Bible tells us God performed special miracles by the hand of Paul because from his body, aprons and handkerchiefs were taken to those who were sick and they were healed and the demons left those who were possessed. The handkerchiefs, the aprons, carried anointing from Paul to where the anointing was needed. That is another way of transferring anointing from something that has come in contact with the anointer to the one who needs to be anointed. And then there is a third way, which is probably the most powerful of them all. It is called radiation. It means the anointing starts from the anointer. It jumps through space 
and lands on the one to be anointed. Anointing can jump, you know. When you say, oh, there's a fire, and it was caught by a spark of electricity. Power jumps over space to go and start a fire. In Psalm 107 verse 20, Psalm 107 verse 20, the Bible says God sent his word and he healed them. Did they have to lay hands? Did they have to send a piece of cloth? Just speak a word. That's why in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 13, Matthew 8 from verse 5 to 13, the centurion said, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak a word. And my servant will be healed. Send the anointing. Don't bother coming. In Mark chapter 10 from verse 46 to 52, Mark 10 from verse 46 to 52, the Bible tells us that when Bartimaeus cried to Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And finally they brought him, and Jesus said, what do you want? He said, I just want to receive my sight. He didn't touch him. He didn't say, okay, take my handkerchief. He simply said, receive your sight. And instantly, he got his sight back. You see, in 2 Kings chapter 5, from verse 1 to 14, 2 Kings 5, from verse 1 to 14, Naaman was expecting anointing by contact, by conduction. He said, I thought this prophet would come out. Lay his hand on me and call on his God and cure me of my leprosy. But unknown to him, anointing had already gone from the mouth of Elisha into River Jordan. By the time he got to River Jordan, anointing was waiting in the river. <laughs> in the name of the one who sent me. I am sending anointing to you today. Amen. Receive it for your healing. Amen. Receive it for your deliverance. Amen. Receive it for your breakthrough. Amen. Let me conclude. In Isaiah 59 verse 1 to 2, Isaiah 59 verse 1 to 2, the Bible says something plainly. Sin is an insulator. If you know anything at all about electricity, you, you know that no matter how powerful the current that is flowing a piece of wire, if you wrap a piece of rubber around the wire, a child can play with that wire. Why? The rubber called insulator will not allow the power to pass through. That's what God is saying. Hey, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot heal. His ears are not heavy that he cannot hear. But as long as there is sin in the way, 
you will render the anointing ineffective. That's why in Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12, Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12, when they brought that man who was sick of palsy to the Lord Jesus Christ, before he could heal him, he first of all said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. We have to get sin out of the way for anointing to work. So those of you who are still living in sin, you are doing yourself a disservice. It doesn't matter how much you cry and pray. If you are living in sin, anointing is not going to flow through to you. So in your own interest, will you please surrender your life to Jesus Christ today and say bye-bye to a life of sin? If your answer is yes, I will. I will say bye-bye to a, a life of sin and surrender my life to Jesus Christ and begin to live a life of purity and holiness. Bow your heads and I will pray with you now. My Father, my God, once again, I want to thank you. I want to give you all glory and honor for your word. Thank you for the power that is in your word. Power to heal, to deliver, to set captives free. Now, for these people who have come to you today saying, Lord, we want to get rid of sin from our lives. Please receive them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash them clean. Remove every trace of sin from their lives and give them a brand new beginning so that from now on, any time they cry unto you, you answer them by fire. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.